0: Ramble. Welcome to Curious with Josh Peck. Start the show. Welcome back to the Curious Podcast. My name is Josh Peck and I'm your host and your name is Listener and that's what you do. You listen and here we are in this beautiful dance we find ourselves in. Uh, it was Easter and Passover, my kid's first holiday, and his mother being of the Catholic persuasion, and me being of the killer of her savior persuasion, and by that I mean Jewish, my kid got to enjoy like a back-to-back holiday season. Now granted, Passover and Easter, these are not coveted holidays, especially young, among the young folk, uh, the adolescents, why? There's not a present to be seen. Oh Jesus, am I fucking unprofessional or what? Can you believe that that just happened? I'm so sorry. God! Someone turned their phone off, God damn it! That's such a move. <laughs> i've I've noticed that with certain actors who i've whom I've worked with who, if a scene's not going right or they don't like the take, all of a sudden out of nowhere, it'll be deadly silent on the set, but they've kind of like, shit the bed and you know the takes not going well and sort of in the middle they'll be like um can we get quiet please can we get some quiet on the set there's actors acting here god let's start it again and inside i want to be like "Ah, you just wanted another go at it there was no one fucking talking you were just insecure It's probably something I would do. Nevertheless, yes, my son, he got to enjoy dual holidays. And I guess Easter wins because of the whole, ah, the Easter eggs and whatnot, and, you know, it's fun to search for things. But then, conversely and interestingly enough, you know, Passover, we've got the whole, hey, let's hide a piece of matzah, and the kid who finds it gets 20 bucks. It's amazing how similar we are with our religions, with our ideology. You know, we think we're quite special, but it's interesting. You know, the Catholics repent every week. They go to confession and the Jews were like, ah, miss me on that. You know, we'll do it once a year. We won't eat for the whole day. And trust me, for a Jew, not easy. And we'll remember that for the year going forward, how hard that was. And we'll try to act our best. All right. Can we every Sunday? Who's got time for that? Um, but it was a nice thing. and I've I just realized that I am a fan of holidays that end in eating seasoned slow-cooked meat. So for Passover, that's Brisket. And this Easter, my mother-in-law made a, a delicious Greek Easter with the whole rack of lamb and, and my sister-in-law Blake was cooking, and it was just outstanding. So, if, you know, holidays, if the crux of holidays are slow-cooked meats, I'm fucking in. It's just a great way to honor a savior, in my humble opinion. Um, What else, man? There was a shooting at a synagogue. Nice transition, Josh. In San Diego. Um, yesterday. And, um... Yeah, man. Between that and the mosque in New Zealand and the church bombings in Sri Lanka, it just seems like uh, just it's just no holds barred hate. It's uh you know I don't if I just think maybe we as a human race are to blame. Um, I don't know. It's a weird silver lining of it is is that even with these atrocities there's still like less people dying than ever because if we lived during like the vikings or babylon that basically half of all people we knew would be wiped out by either like death destruction or disease cuz if that's like our only thing of like it's better than the dark ages well then there's something painfully wrong here doesn't seem as though we're operating in a in a smart way I mean, is that the best we can do? It's better than the Black Plague! Oh, oh, uh, okay, all right! Well, good, good, you know, good to know. We're leveling up here as a, as a, you know, the human race. Good to, good to see that we're, we're making strides. Slow growth! Ah, oh, what else, what else? I'm buying an apartment, I think. Jesus, it looks like I am. Like, I'm literally, like, I think my offer got accepted today, our offer, because I'm part of a unit, and the state of California has decided that she and I are partners in this thing, and everything is 50-50, and I love it. But we are buying an apartment, and Jesus, I'm fucking scared. I've never owned anything in my life. I've always been kind of, like, beautifully, like... You know, there's no better, there's no either, there's no sort of politically correct way of saying like, I've always been slightly like hood rich in the best way. Like, that's how, that's how I grew up, you know, in New York City where I grew up, no one, you know, I went to public school, didn't come from a lot of means. And so like, no one had a dope apartment. So you were sort of defined by your gear, be it your cell phone or your two-way pager. And then inevitably your, you know, Louis Vuitton backpack or your ill, you know, high top, uh, Jordans and your, your, your car eventually. And, and so for me, you know, I'm 32 year old man. And, and while I I respect that, like, yes, there are people who have bought homes, uh, at this point in their life, I I would imagine the majority of people on this great, you know, fully versed world uh, have yet to, to buy property Just sounds so like old timey. I've bought some property. I have the land lease to the next 60 acres over yonder. But anyway, I've always rented because I never, it was just a lot of commitment and the idea of mortgages and defaulting on mortgages and inevitably having to like sell all your stuff to pay your mortgage and then you, you know, and then the sheriff comes cop style to, you know, pull you out of your apartment and you've got to like squat there because you you can't afford to make your payments for you, but you can't afford to leave. Where are you going to go? But I guess I'm abandoning all that to, to be a responsible adult, not throw money away on rent and invest in my home with my wife at a very reasonable price tag. This is not uh, going to be our forever home and this is not our crib's home. But it's a wonderful three-bedroom apartment in Los Angeles, California. And that's all the information you're going to fucking get, you psychos. So don't try to stalk us, because I don't own a gun. But my, uh, I'll tell you what, my trigger finger is itchy to call 911. I'm dying to call the uh, the law enforcement to put my tax dollars to work to protect me. And I sleep with bear spray and a machete. So, (laughs) you don't don't try me. Alright? Anyway. Plus, my building's got full fucking security. Alright? So don't get any ideas. Human security. This isn't a locked gate. This is... They are armed with pen and paper to take notes if there's an incident. It's called an incident report. And let me tell you. They're thorough. So yeah, I'm terrified. I bought some candy corn. It's like a kettle corn type thing. You know what it is. At the farmer's market the other day, and I'm just eating it obsessively today because I think I'm going to buy my first property. And Oh my God, it's so scary. But you know what? It's like this is the natural next step. This is what adulting looks like. It's time to grow up, Josh. Get it together. God, man, you have a child. So yeah. This is it, I'm pretty nervous, but I'm sure it'll be great because it's always great and I'm not like a fucking kook. It's not a I'm not buying a mansion next to the Kardashians yet. But for now, we're doing it up. There could be a renovation involved, okay? And we have to learn all about all that stuff. Not like your boy's ever gonna be swinging a hammer. The only thing I swing is a microphone up to my mouth to make money. This is how I make money <laughs> by talking, running my little my little voice box for you listeners. I'm not a uh, I'm not a manual labor type. My body's not made for that. I'm more of a razzle dazzle uh, uh, dog and pony show type of guy. You know, this is how I pay for. What will I'm sure be a a really nice oven range? Is that what they're called? A range? Probably probably gonna have one of those sneaky microwaves that are expensive that don't like live on top of or like above the oven, but it's actually like hidden, like it's like a drawer and it's super low, probably too low, but it looks dope because it like fades into the cabinetry. So you sacrifice the fact that you're like this actually is not, this doesn't make sense, it's not smart, but it looks ill, so I'm down to A, being convenience, and B, pay triple what it should cost. I really want a espresso machine. Forgive me, guys, I have my bougie moments, and that would be dope, like some ill, like, do I want a macchiato, or do I want a cappuccino? You decide, sick, you know, built-in coffee machine, we'll see, I don't know. I work hard, man. I got to be able to enjoy this shit. And you know what? It's not all about me. It's gonna be about my wife and my son, who will ha- like have a beautiful place to live and room. And we're kind of look. I'm I'm sitting in my my son's room right now, recording the podcast. This is crazy. I need a, a small office space. And sure, our third bedroom will really just be a guest room with a desk. But I'm calling it my office if no one's staying over. And you better believe I'm gonna be in there late at night. Probably playing computer games, but I'm going to tell my wife that I'm writing. So she doesn't yell at me. Um, Today's show, Neil Brennan. Brilliant comedian. Brilliant guy. A hero of mine. I don't know. Like, that sounds weird, hero. I just really respect the guy. He's incredibly smart and affable. And I think I was like intimidated by him because he's so smart and so funny that I was like, I don't belong in his ether but the the reality is is that he he couldn't have been cooler and and wrote me back on the instagram almost immediately and had me over to his home and um i just learned so much from him and it's one of the the great pleasures of of getting to do this um so yeah check out his special three mics it's one of my favorites and enjoy this episode with neil brennan
1: I don't know if you want to look but it's really funny like how they're what they're saying yeah no it's this guy um james blake oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um did mike release an album i think so he released a netflix show oh maybe that's yeah, it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um do 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 um oh yeah you talk about yourself on this show a lot okay so I have a question about you because I know virtually
0: nothing about you. Even better. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, we kind of have a commonality because we yeah, yeah. started on Nickelodeon. Yeah. yeah. Dan Schneider. Are we talking? Yeah. We're oh, good. Oh, we're rolling.
1: All right. Great. Yeah, baby. Uh, yeah. So I know I'll t- I'll I will I'll tell the story I told you off the air, which is please. So I wrote for all that on Nickelodeon, right when I was twenty. And uh, how'd you get that gig? I got it because I was working for a casting director who was casting an MTV pilot called Singled Out. Of course. And uh, and so I ended up writing for Singled Out on the pilot, and then uh, the they were starting all that, like, in the same office, like, space. And uh, so I started talking to Dan Schneider, one of the EPs, and I pitched to be a writer for all that, and I ended up, not, they didn't take any money. They didn't, I didn't get the job, but they took one of my ideas. Okay. I didn't know that.
0: Great. And does that happen?
1: It's not supposed to. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but then I saw, I pitched a thing. I basically pitched Pierre Cargo. Oh my God. But didn't, it was called Paco Delicious. It was a Spanish version. <laughs> and so <laughs> they just switched it to, and stole it. And, I didn't know that,
0: and it was serialized. I mean, they yeah, did it, it was a popular 50 thing. Fifty times,
1: um, and uh, and then I saw it, and I was like, "Huh?" And then I think they kind of felt like we kind of have to hire him for the second season, right? Seeing as we like stole this thing, so um, so Dan Schneider was the EP. Dan Schneider uh, was the head writer and executive producer of all that. He had been an actor before he was on sitcom called Head of the Class, mm. so. Uh, I wrote for all that for a year, wasn't very good at it. They used to call my writing experimental because like, it was just like – That's so fucking backhanded. How, no, no, no. It's very – It's like they knew I was talented but just like this is not right for you. Really? Yeah. Like this is not the right show for you, And which is correct. Um, I just didn't understand. Like I had a sketch – Like the best illustration of how wrong I was for the show, I had a sketch idea called – uh it was back in the it was the hair club for boys so it was like boys <laughs> could order chest hair that's genius which is really funny yes but like not right for nickelodeon do you know what i mean like a chest and arm i don't know It just would have looked weird yeah um and there's really something sexual about it. there's like a lot of stuff wrong with it so but it's a funny idea um anyhow long story short 10 years later i don't know when josh and drake was on but I saw Josh and Drake just, I happen to be switching the channels, and uh, and I was like, that guy looks so much like Dan Schneider as a young go- man, it's like insane, and it was you yes. when you were heavier, and I remember watching it with Chappelle one time, I was like, you have to see this, because it's so crazy, and and he watched it, and we were talking, I go, this guy looks so much like Dan Schneider, it's insane, and Dan Schneider who created the show, and Chappelle goes, how did he do that? It was like he made you in a lab. It was so crazy. Yes. Um, did you know that when you auditioned? Did you when you saw him, were you like, oh, this could go well? Or did you even think, did you know what he'd look like when he was younger?
0: You know, when I started working in the 90s, it was like the era, like the 80s and 90s of like the token fat kid. Mm-hmm. You need a fat kid yeah. for either the best. You friend, still do. Kinda. Yeah. yeah. It's or- a
1: valuable. Like it's a valuable note in comedy.
0: Yes. Like and, it's yeah. And it seemed like on all that, like Keenan was heavier set mm-hmm. or they had like Danny Tamborelli. Mm-hmm. And so when I auditioned for the Amanda Show, which was how I met Dan, I just figured I got a look they might like. Right. And then funny enough, in watching and meeting Dan and seeing his sort of rhythms and that mine were similar, I'm like, oh, there's a total sort of mirroring here. Were With, you on the Amanda show? Yeah. Okay. So I booked the Amanda show and I sort of got forced upon Dan because he didn't want me on the show. Right. But the president of Nickelodeon who had gotten who hip to me. Was it Kevin me, K or? Albie. Albie, yeah. And he, Albie, God bless him, has been like my champion for no other reason than like I think he just got a fucking kick out of me. Yeah. And he said to Dan, we're going to pick up the Amanda show for a season two, 13 episodes. And Dan said, well, I'd really love 20 and the show's a success. And he's like, all right, I'll give you the back seven, but you got to put Josh Peck on the show.
1: And you hadn't been on the first season. Mm-mm. Okay.
0: And he said, "I don't." And
1: he just remembered you from the audition.
0: He, I had auditioned for all that a few times. I did a Nickelodeon movie with Chevy Chase called ah, Snow Day. Got it. And Dan was like, "I don't need him. Like, show's working." And I'll said, "Well, you need him if you Amanda want the was back set show." Yeah. Okay. And they brought me on. Probably similar to you, like wouldn't give me a shot. Like, just, I was, like, this new guy, the rookie. And then, slowly but surely, I started gaining momentum, being more myself, and Drake and Josh were sort of born out of that.
1: I will say this about Dan Schneider. The greatest crank caller I've ever heard about. Do you ever see him make a crank call? Quite good. It was, it was, uh, it was phenomenal. It was like watching Michael Jordan play, but it was fucking amazing to yes. me, again, and I don't say that lightly, like, it was like... Crank calls, if you don't know what a crank call is, guys. Back in the eighties and nineties, oh. there were landlines. Sure. And we would it would be exciting when someone would call and then you would just they would just keep you on the line and fuck with you and whatever. Um he was amazing. I didn't uh they kept me on, so I'm like grateful for that. Brian Robbins, who was the Dan like was the exec pro- other exec producer and kind of dance boss somewhat. Yeah. Said something really funny one time, which is we were in a writing meeting, and Brian goes, I should have fired you when I had the chance, which is a really (laughs) funny thing to say. That's
0: amazing.
1: Which is a really funny thing to say to somebody that you wanted to fire. Like, it was that was kind of my relationship with them. Like, we all knew it wasn't working, but we all were like, "Eh, there's something to me. Mm. So, like, Let's stick with it.
0: Yeah, like maybe one in ten will be something. Yeah. yeah one of these pitches. Yeah, some it, will work. You don't seem like a guy who's sweated it that much throughout your career. I think that would you it would
1: seem like that, but I actually did I There was always a generalized worry, but I'm cleaning my glasses if you can hear that. Um there was always a generalized worry about career stuff but I also I always felt like this um like I always felt like ah it'll I I just felt like it would work out somehow like I always felt like it'll work out I don't and I don't know if it was entitlement or like something cosmic or something but like it always felt like ah it'll be all right like and I just spoke to a friend of mine who just long story short but he lost his partner, writing partner, whatever. And I said, like, look, man, you're like, go through the pain of what you're going through, but just don't worry about your career because your career will be fine. Like, I, like, I kind of tell, I feel like that's a good way to think of your career so you don't take jobs out of fear. I took jobs for money, but not many.
0: Does anyone ever, because writing, acting in this business, it's the hardest thing because rarely anyone will tell you it's not working.
1: Yeah, yeah, no one. uh, Yeah, there's. Steve Martin said, uh, "Your career's over for a year before you even realize it." Fuck, man. Yeah, I mean, it's so chilling.
0: And and yet, also, there's that dynamic of the people that just make it because they didn't get their real estate license. Yeah, they they just hung on.
1: Yeah, and you don't know the there the there's a lot of randomness to life. Like that's the funny thing. It's like. There's so much randomness that people don't account for. And there's also, then there also is like a cosmicness to it. And 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 you have to get lucky. Like the fact that all that was in the same office, like stuff like that, like just happenstance. Or I was working the door at a comedy club before that and the only other young guy was Chappelle. Like just weird stuff like that that's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, it just, ha- stuff like it kind of happens to me. I I don't have, like, uh, Mike Birbiglia is a buddy of mine. He's a comedian. He does one-man shows. Yeah, and, he's
0: awesome. Yeah.
1: And uh, he has good stories. Like, funny, weird shit happens to him. Funny, weird shit does not happen to me. Yeah. But, like, I have good luck with, like, bumping into people. Like... Just I don't know something. There's that seems more connected than to a, something cosmic than like you know Mike's stories. Like Mike just has like Jesus. That's you just have a lot of good stories. Like like it just they just happen to him. Have you know you, like you, ju- he falls asleep and jumps out the window. Like wh- what? I'm gonna write a movie now. Yeah, like yeah. that's insane. Like that stuff does not happen to me. I all of my dreams are are about. I have the most literal dreams in the world. All my dreams are Lauren Michaels is mad at you. That's like 80% of my dreams. It's Stop. not always Lauren Michaels. It's not always mad, but it's always some dumb thing in comedy and then something that i'm afraid of
0: but i don't know and i don't mean to project but i feel very like i i feel like you and i have this quality like there's a calculated nature to the things in which you do like pete holmes talks about like sometimes you just gotta go out and live and get goofy and like get drunk on a saturday night and then be a vegan and eat fried chicken and talk about it yeah. And like yeah that's never gonna be me i'm never gonna I'm not, accrue those that's stories not,
1: i on mark maron's podcast he got he said he doesn't he, the thing, the bone he has to pick with me, he has many bones. <laughs> he's constantly picking bones. I don't know if you've ever heard. He's got 500 bones yeah, to pick. Yeah, a little bit about um, everybody. But uh, he's like, I'm too, he said, you're too controlled mm. about me. That was always his. And it's like, dude, because I don't, I know what I like and I, I want to be this. It's like, I don't drink because I was talking to somebody the other night. I bumped into a friend of mine, an old buddy of mine and he, and he's like younger than me and but he was just like drunk and like I, and I was like there's nothing and I was then I talked to a friend of mine on the phone I was like there's nothing more unimpressive to me than someone being drunk agreed it's like what are you or what are you doing or I like hate- go get away from people if you're going to stumble and slur and like and like not remember it so you're not accountable and you're talking nonsense and you're acting n- not like yourself And why would I want to be near you? Yes. Uh, And and so I like drink like three beers a month maybe. Like I drink a little bit, but like not – I don't get drunk at all because I like my personality and I want to be aware and I want to be like present and I want to contribute to the conversation and I would be terrified of people's judgment if I was – drunk all the time or I, drunk even a little bit
0: i hate that it's even an acceptable excuse Well they'll be like yeah he was out of hand but he was you know he drank too much and i'm yeah. like no he's 30 like yeah. that's not okay like yeah. we're not at fucking iowa yeah, state university you're still university. finding your
1: footing with with beer or yeah. with alcohol like what do you clearly something's wrong i now having said that there are people who just love the feeling of it i don't love the feeling of it i it it's a depressive to me and I just I don't I like stimulants. Like I don't yeah. like like feeling wobbly and I'd rather be like direct and and uh cogent and alert. I remember. and it could be hypervigilance. It's like I like Yeah. I need my my wits are all I have. And the guy I was talking to is also like skinny and you know what I mean? So maybe he feels he doesn't he didn't drink either, like He was like, yeah, like I barely drink. And that's like part of the reason why.
0: When you talk about your wits are all you have and you've talked about like in your special and I listened to you interviewed by Barry Katz about, Mm -hmm. you know, depression and taking antidepressants. And I know for me, that's been my fear when dealing with depression was that I would take an antidepressant and feel just a little fuzzy, like just a step behind. And I'm like, if my only currency or equity in life is my ability in which to create shit from my mind. Yeah. Am I fucking myself here?
1: Yeah. yeah. That's I microdose like shrooms and LSD. What's that like? And it was all right. It's like nothing. I mean, it's not like, well, it's there's nothing psychedelic about it. It's a tenth of a dose. So it's basically like not like aspirin, but it's like about that effect. But at the end of the day, I would get like a little loop. I would get like fifteen percent hazy. Yes. And that's when I have to do stand-up and it's like I can't be hazy on stage and like what what am i what did i want? like i'm not one of these like i'll go up there and find it <laughs> yeah like i'm not fine i might i'll only find it if i do 95 of the work and then i'll add a little something that's inspired by the writing i've already done and the energy of the audience but i'm not gonna be like yeah man i'll just i can't find shit so you don't work
0: bits out as much no, on stage You pre-write.
1: All. like i could show you pages and pages like i'll I have a show tonight that where I do new material and like, I'll sit here when you leave and type out bits based on notes from my phone. Like it's all not like it's like wrote or I ready to be published. Yeah. Like it, or, or like when I'm on stage, it's not like, then you say this, then you said like, it's I'm within it. I'm still kind of feeling it out, but, but it's, I, I write like, write jokes. Like that's, so, that to me is the name of the game.
0: Is there, because there's obviously schools, right? Like you hear about the Seinfelds that are like craftsmen that way yep. and really specific. And then like Marion or Joe Rogan who yep. are like, I can only work it out on stage.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. And I don't, I'm more of the, uh, the Carlin, Chris, Hicks, um, Jim Jeffries. I don't know how much Jim works out on stage and or Burr. I think Burr works. I think Burr has like, Feels like he has like a lot of it, sort of in his head, and then he goes and says it. But I don't because I don't mind. I because I started as a writer, I am like happy to just sit down and write it out, and and can be funny on the page because I like can have the energy, have the stage energy when I am writing it or something close to it.
0: I remember I interviewed this writer for the New York Times and I said, how do you get over writer's block? He's like, oh, writer's block doesn't exist for people like me.
1: Cause yeah, if you have a deadline.
0: Yeah, he's that's like... The
1: be- it's like there's yeah. an old Jay Leno joke where the cat, his wife, is like... Uh, uh, the guy, he's like the, his wife got new cat food and he's like, why'd you get this new cat food? It's so expensive. And she's like well he was being finicky with the old food and he goes lock him in the closet for 3 days and see how finicky he's going to be yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like the it's like the inverse of that like yeah necessity is mother of invention like you'll figure it out you'll, you won't be precious when if you have if something's due if if that's going to keep you from eating yeah you're not going to you know
0: you're you're going to do the work and you know I- I'm part of a team. And so like my name is synonymous with Drake and Josh Forever. Yeah. And like and I would ask like Paul McCartney this question too. Like, do you ever get tired of talking about the Beatles? Like, do you ever get tired of talking about Chappelle? Not
1: really. I don't uh no. Today's in fact like there's a there's a thing on people were posting that it's like the sixteenth anniversary of the premiere or something. And uh I was gonna it just feel I was gonna retweet something and I was like, ugh. Not like <laughs> Um, I don't mind talking about it. I think it's like if I'm asking for people to talk about it, then it feels like aggrandizing. But I don't mind if people. I get how I get how pop. Like I'm not like oh that thing. Like I did it, so it's not like. But if I didn't, if I hadn't done anything since, I'd probably be less, uh, interested in talking about it. But because three mics, because I'm like getting known as my own thing, like it's a little bit like easier and i don't mind and i don't feel like the there's no question hanging over it of like what are you gonna do like there's no yes there's no there's no implicit question of like why haven't you done something else is because i've gotten closer to something as as good or popular so like um it doesn't bother it like i don't i don't it doesn't bother me at all in fact
0: it's interesting because like i feel when people talk to me and i and I didn't have the same ownership over Drake and Josh yeah. that you do because you created Chappelle's show. Like, I was sort of an actor for hire, but I really, over the five seasons, made it my thing. Uh-huh. And and yet, so now, like 10 years later, when people will talk about, like, obsessed with reunions and obsessed with nostalgia, and I have so little interest. I have,
1: like, I couldn't express how little interest I have in reunions or nostalgia. Talk because about that. Because the thing is, people like... People like the idea of a nostalgia. They like, like, Murphy Brown is back. Like, (laughs) who the fuck? Murphy Brown? Like, Roseanne was good because Roseanne is still, like, a relevant, interesting person who wrote, that, who created that show. Yeah. It's like, Murphy, Cass Bergen was a fucking actor, and it was, it seemed old then. (laughs) Right. It seemed old when it was on. It seemed, like, so cbs like fucking 60 minutes old people shit that now it's like we're bringing it back like for who like all those people have got to be close to dead and uh and so people have this thing of like the somebody made the most obvious observation which is you don't love the music the music from your teens or 20s is not better it's just you just liked being younger It just reminds you of being younger. So like you don't want them. You don't want a reunion. You want to be 20. Right. Like you don't want like it's like that's what you want. That's what you're that's the need you're trying to fill. I never go to reunion concerts. I just like if I didn't see someone when they were popping, I'm like I'm not going to go see them now that like they're like they need money basically right.
0: like people that go see bob dylan or stevie wonder now like yeah they're legends icons. Yeah, i saw bob
1: dylan that was a mistake it's painful yeah of stevie i've seen like at like like charity shows and shit in la like he does too many as far as i'm concerned like sure. he's, he's too available like, too get philanthropic out of here. yeah yeah like
0: just get just hide I'm like, I, my favorite Stevie Wonder story is when he was on Howard Stern and he was like, "I need a drink or something." And he and he's like, well, "What do you want? You want a water?" He's like, well, "You got cranberry juice." And Howard just says, "A lot of sugar in that, Stevie." <laughs> like, Howard's worried
1: about yeah. this the sugary drink. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, uh, so I don't, I, I don't mind guys like Bob Dylan or Stevie Wonder. Like, I won't see Bob Dylan and I won't see like Paul Paul Simon or McCartney. I'm like curious about, but. Uh, I would never go to like, see who's like a reunion, a band that broke up and then got back together. That's like, like young journey or I mean, I'm talking about like at the drive or whatever, like any, the pixies, like I just don't fuck with like, unless I was with you, then I can't even if I came around to you afterward, it's like, nah, I don't want to see old. It's like that. It just feels wrong.
0: And this feels like it's pulled from like a Pinterest board, but it's the, the saying like Oh, you want the old me because you're still the old you. Yeah, 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 but yeah, it's the same, yeah, and the I, same idea. And I, let, you know, Seinfeld has that great thing about like it's never. I won't do a reunion because it's ne- it, it'll never even be better than our worst episode. Yeah, it's the wrong reason. Is it ever it's good? It's the wrong
1: reason for the reunion. It's like or like the comeback. I'm obsessed with the comeback and the com- and then it comes as like you were the only ones yes. and also. Just accept missing somebody. Mm. It's like just we don't have to exhume everything. Just fucking miss them, and like and remember them how they were instead of like we're gonna do it again and like I will never like that's not that'll never happen. It's also like I, like me and Dave did SNL. Like you know like there there's like little glimpses. I just I think it's I also think it's corny to do shit for applause or nostalgia. It's just the wrong. Yeah. It's just the wrong I just don't see entertainment as that.
0: I do uh, like stand-up shows at colleges now. And because I, you know, built this social media presence yeah. and and it's good scratch, yeah. easy. And I always say, like, and I, I use a moderator for half the show, and I say, Listen, I know what the people want, and I know they want to hear about Drake and Josh. Yeah. I said, but I said, what they don't know is I've got like ten other stories about movies or TV shows that I've done that are actually great. They just weren't as popular. Right. And I said Trust me that if we spend half an hour straight talking about Drake and Josh fifteen minutes in, the kids are gonna get fucking bored. And yeah. they always do. And yeah. I'm like, I'll give them a little in the beginning and a little at the end, and they'll be satisfied. Yeah. But they don't know what's best for them. And they need me to decide. Yeah. And because like, 'cause it'll be like a kid who'll eat like ten candy bars and throw yeah. up
1: after And they don't know what they Yeah, somebody was saying Yeah, people think they want like it's like, yeah, friend it's yeah, I can't even want to tell that story. But like, yeah, people think what they want something, and it's like, no, you don't want that. Yeah. Trust me. Like like how did you lose weight and how did you keep it off? That's my biggest question for you. Because um, people never keep it off. I guess. You're the not, only right? person who I've seen that's kept it off, and it seems like you're you're in the clear. I mean, you probably never feel like you're in the clear, but
0: No, I never wake up in the morning like in the mood for salad.
1: I always yeah. want French
0: toast, Yeah, but you know, I, it, it's sort of a, basically I was fat because I had such a uncontrollable childhood and I was, you know, never knew my pops, single mom, she was the best, but you know, a lot of financial worry yeah. and discomfort. So I think it was my ability in which to control the situation. Yeah, And it was sort of my first foray into like, numbing or anesthetizing my feelings and chocolate and sugar is like the easiest crack for a kid. Yeah. And so I didn't eat like my friends. And then I got healthy around 17 or 18 and I was like, wow, I feel good and I can get a girlfriend now and I look good, but I don't have my medicine anymore. So then it became drugs and alcohol. Oh, great. And then for I, how long? five years. And I'm just lucky that like I did it before camera phones and I was being a total cliche and fucking up and, And then finally I got sober and I got into 12 step and that's been my life for the last almost 11 years. And so for me, it's just a matter of like, A, I'm vain and like, B, I didn't want it to limit me as far as my work went because it felt like the fact I could only do a a, a set number of roles. Yeah. And yeah. And I just realized that I can't do anything normally. Yeah. And so the jig is up. Like I could eat, but it's like, I'll never be able to do it with impunity again.
1: Yeah. Yeah what do you do about like say cranberry juice? Now, what do you do about uh, <laughs> like, what do you, do you eat dessert? Do you like I eat dessert it, or every do day. You, do you, are you, does it, is, can you still eat kind of a lot and be in good shape?
0: Yeah. I work out every day. I'm like big on that. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I, I, I regret something I eat every day, but I live with it and I try not to overly obsess. Yeah. But you don't seem like a guy who's ever had to worry about that stuff. Or is it the I mean, inverse? You'd be
1: surprised. Like, I don't... People... I don't... I'm... I don't have a big... I just
0: don't have a
1: big appetite, if that makes sense. Like, I'm just not... I've had girl... My girlfriend, Uh, she eats, like, a lot. I've had exes that eat a lot that are in good shape. Yeah. They just burn more. I'm just not that hungry. Right. Like, just generally speaking. It's not like I'm... You know, I'm a fucking... I'm like, and I have could eat sugar for every meal.
0: What? But what's that like? Not being that hungry? Because I don't know. Uh, I'm fascinated. You're just
1: not that. Hu- it's just, it's like the absence of. Not like I'm not hungry. I'm just not that hungry. Right. Like so, I could. I don't eat for the first four hours when I wake up. Like I'm just not hungry. Yeah. And then I eat lunch, like I have a salad, pretty much every day.
0: I'm fascinated.
1: And then, and then I'll have like dinner. But
0: nothing massive? I it yeah, it's it's so interesting to me when people say, like, oh, I forgot to eat dinner. And yeah. I'm like, what's that like? Yeah. Yeah, it's just a different thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, some people are just not interested. Like Chappelle is not interested in food. It's just he's never been interested.
0: You ever have you ever spent time with Chappelle and been like, hey, he's smoking a little a little much?
1: <laughs> like every single time I'm with him. I mean I, mean, I it's like hard to well. Now the fact when cigarettes are the fact that anyone still smokes cigarettes is so crazy to me. Yes, and he smokes so many cigarettes,
0: like two, three packs a day. Yeah, I feel it's, like.
1: it's insane. So it's like I, I, it's like going to. Uh, I like specifically will wear shittier clothes around him because I know that they're going to stink like cigarettes at the end. Like you, I feel like I might as well throw these away. Yeah. Cause it's so gross.
0: Chappelle and Johnny Depp, are they the only two to ever smoke on the actor's studio? Oh, I don't know. They might be, but it's, it's so funny as an outsider. And I met Chappelle when I was nine on a show called Fox after breakfast. Right. And he was like, must've been 22. I think this was like, yeah, it was like 97. So it's before half baked. Yep. And he just couldn't have been lovelier. And yeah. I remember, and I was doing stand up as a kid. Oh, and wow. I remember they kind of introduced me to him as, like, oh, he's a young kid stand up. And I could see that look across his face, like, the fuck? Yeah. And yet he couldn't have been, he was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, even at like nine or however old I was, I was like, thank you for not fucking clobbering in oh, yeah, this moment. Oh, yeah. He started when he was
1: 14. So he was right. not going to, he understands the impulse from the kid's point of view and from the point of view of like the rolling your eyes, just like, you must get a lot of social media propositions in terms of, like, bro, we should work together. Oh, yeah. Like, I get those every day. Like, on what? <laughs> like, wh- what are you talking about? Right. Like, like wh- what, what are, are we going to do? I, we're not in the... This is not the same... Because we're in the same place... Yeah. The, we're on the same app. <laughs> yes. There's the end of our, of our similarities. Like... And the the idea of like, cold emailing people or DMing people, uh, I can't imagine it ever leading anyone, anywhere for anyone other than, like, guys with girls, which not really.
0: Well, my buddy said, too, and he's pretty, you know, he's, like, a huge internet celebrity, and he's, like, the second that they start splitting the verified DMs at Instagram will change for men. Like, c- celebrity men will change their life because like if you could go into your dms and see like oh these five girls who are like verified and real hit me yeah. up it's gonna fucking change the game
1: yeah yeah this is a uh this is a a uh uptown what they call an uptown problem
0: yes champagne problem <laughs> too many <laughs>
1: too i get too many dms bro I, and a lot of these broads are not verified <laughs> i know i can't get to them <laughs> yeah
0: i but it's an interesting yeah, I mean it's an interesting thing, but I um it's funny watching Chappelle and I remember like when he gave up smoking for a while and he was doing the jewel. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember just as an outsider going like, Oh, he looks better.
1: No, like, <laughs> he looks so much better not smoking. Yes. Yeah, he just it's not there's no upside.
0: Can you speak to I think on Barry Katz's pod you, you said something to the effect of like Dave gets too much credit for jokes and I get too much credit for structure. We're actually both good at both. Yeah. Can you sort of attribute like what is sort of like that kismic alchemy that the two of you produce? Why you guys are so complimentary to um, each other?
1: Uh, I think we're both intelligent and then we're both like uh, like, see things uh, structurally hmm. in terms of like 25 years ago, this guy named Dave Thomas, who, who was one of the... He was on this show called SCTV, and he was in. He was like a big. There was a big sketch show in the seventies, and he and he was the head writer in a sketch show, and he said the, uh, the way sketch shows work is, a writer will have an idea, like a a joke or like a beat of an idea, and then as the head writer, my job is to say, that's a good idea. Now go build a cathedral of shit around it. Yes. <laughs> so. we're both pretty good at building the cathedral of shit and just in terms of like narrative structure and then joke wise, uh, we're both good joke writers and then, um, and then like we both have a decent visual sense and like like the a good example would be like for Rick James he was like we should do all the reenactments in like a black psych environment so it like ends up being sort of ethereal and whatever like that's him yeah so like i directed it but that's his sort of no one would ever guess that he pitched that do you know what I mean? Like no one would ever go like, I bet Dave thought like, <laughs> or people would go, I, pro- I knew we like whatever. No one can think normally about partners. They just like literally can't. They can't go, oh, you guys are both uh, equally valuable and equally um, talented or funny or whatever. Like it's, they can't. They just refuse. Well,
0: it's like the Cohen Brothers, right? Like we always assume that one directs and one writes. Right. Like we can't imagine that they're both directing. They yeah. Somebody both asked me, if they me, and
1: Dave wrote, and I was like, I type, turn the turn the computer. He type, turn the computer. I. People can't believe it. Like people, especially because his reputation now as like Paul Bunyan, who just walks the earth and smokes cigarettes. Yeah. And talks like, but yeah, we just like would sit in a room together for days, hours, weeks, months, years. Like, like I can't explain to people how well I know the guy. Like it's impossible. It's like, you can't, I think I probably know him better than his wife. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, sure. Where people are like, my, he was doing a show in Vegas with, uh, John Mayer and my brother, sister, nephews. And they're like, do you think you get his tickets? I was like, yeah like i can't can i get you like i can't even explain to you how well i can get you how easily i can get like i can't it's one text it's not it's like i it's almost telepathic do you know what i mean like yeah um so so yeah so so yeah so that's the the um the the He's like a fucking smart dude. Like, you know, he seems like it's all uh, instinct and feel and all that stuff and improv, and it it is, but he's also, no one's read more books about comedy than him. Right. Which people would never believe. Like, no one's, like, also, his dad was the first black student at brown university like he's from incredibly smart people his his mother started like one of the first african-american studies programs in america like like from like academics so yeah so it's it he may look like he's made of rubber but like it's he's a he's a he's like a basically like an intellectual. Well, we want to, he's the first person in his family to not go to college, which in a black family is fucking impossible. (laughs) Right. Like, no, everyone
0: in your black family went to college. And undoubtedly the richest. And you didn't. Okay. Yeah. Like that's impossible. But it's, you know, people, I think, especially because it's so subjective, any sort of artistry, and mm-hmm. what I like, you're allowed to hate and vice versa, yeah. they want to believe that there's like this magic to it. And that because the barrier of entry is so fucking low, too low, yeah. sometimes, in my opinion, when someone's like, oh, I'm, you know, like, I'm... I'm well,
1: that's the that's the Instagram DMs. We should work together. It's like,
0: you, no, no. You no. Don't, just
1: because you see me yeah. doesn't mean that we have the same talent level or the same career play or like yeah no one's dabbling in piloting
0: or fucking law of course, that, no yeah, one's no, dabbling actually, in LA is the
1: only place where people will move here to do the job having never done the like if they said I'm gonna move to Silicon Valley because I've always liked computers and you go like you know how to code and they're like I'll figure it out Yeah. Like, no, dude, you got to figure it out (laughs) before you move. Get your zeros and ones together. But people will move here not knowing anything, and I'll I'll figure it out. I'll get to the, okay, that's not really how it works, but okay, cool. Yeah. That's what I actually like about the Disney and uh, Nickelodeon universe is like, all the Timberlake was talented when he was 10. And like and Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, and Ryan Gosling, and you, and fucking Keenan, and and like literally on and on and on and on and on. It's not like you know even Ariana Grande. All these people like yeah, since you were little, like monsters. Yeah, been like good, and it lets people know like no, this is not just some like pick it up shit. And and even the people it looks like they can just pick it up cannot just pick it up.
0: So is, can you speak to a specific thing where in working with Dave where like he helped you to realize something that you just couldn't see from a writing standpoint or comedic or whatever it was where on your own you might not have realized that and his way of looking at things sort of opened up something for you?
1: I don't know if it was more uh, creative. It was more about... Uh racial stuff like Hmm. that's the big that's the kind of the insight i mean there's comedic shit that's like the guy's like out of his mind funny like it's like he's so funny yeah sometimes me and rock will watch him and just be like jesus christ like like
0: okay like what um so, and, and how does rock like reconcile that like does he just love being a fan or yeah, is there... it's,
1: it's not the nice thing about Dave and rock is like when we were all younger you know when someone when you're like a senior in high school and someone's a sophomore mm. it seems like you're your world's apart and then and you're like barely talk to each other and then 10 years later you go yeah we went to high school together but back then you were like fuck that little dude that's yeah. Dave and Chris. Like Chris was like older, D- like Dave opened for him when he was in high school. Like, like Chris did at Saturday Night Live. He did New Jack City. He did Chris Rockstar. He did Bring the Pain. And Dave was coming, coming, coming. And then it was, there was always not like a competition. Like the, the, the way show was set up. There could only be one black at a time in the nineties. So like Chris was the guy. And then now that they're older, they like, now we all like, Hang out and talk shit, like, you know what I mean, like more than we did twenty years ago.
0: I don't know if they came if Chris came to it on his own or it was inspired by by Dave, but I remember when Dave's specials came out recently for Netflix, and then Chris, like six months later, did mm-hmm. tambourine. And I remember seeing them both do this thing, which was that they weren't chasing the laugh. like yeah. they were so open to telling a long story. Letting the audience sort of go away for a second, knowing that they were going to bring it back, and maybe it would take fifteen minutes. Maybe it wouldn't be to the end of the. Yeah, special. Dave's
1: always been. I mean, th- that's the thing where it's like, Dave said, uh, Dave's got so many like performance because he went to like performing arts high school, so he's got like little performance tricks. From like he would, we talk about it when he was when we were like eighteen, so he's got all these. Like, he told me probably when he was 18 or 19, I open with a long joke with a delayed punchline so that the audience gets used to that pace. Hmm. Stuff that, like, if a 40-year-old said it, I'd be like, that's a very smart thing to say. When a 19-year-old says it, you're like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Like, and he was a popular, whatever. But, like, so Dave's always had these, like... um like a slower pace and like more methodical and more more uh sort of spread out. And Chris was because Chris uh used to Chris used to open for like R and B acts and shit. Like so he was like I gotta kill and I gotta kill quickly. Right. So it was like, like and Chris was always like his early performance before Bring the Pain, he wasn't doing the preacher thing. He was just more like squinting and like, man, 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 man. like it was higher pitched, squinty, kind of didn't like the audience palpably, mm. and then uh, he made a switch. And then with the last one, I think it was like, the. I think the, the section you're talking about is the more confessional part. Yes. And without being a uh, patting myself on the back, like I encouraged him to slow down there. Like specifically, like you have to slow down because if you're talking about getting divorced and getting custody of your kids, you can't pace right and hit punchline. You can't do repetitive uh punch lines you can't work a rhythm like it can't be that
0: because he's talking about that he also, cheated. yeah and, and that- it's
1: also talking about it's also like the way comedy the comedy world has changed which is and it's i think largely due to podcasts which is people interesting is almost as good as funny it's not as good but like from a funny person it's like, yeah, be interesting for a second, and then you get back to being funny. Like, three mics being the best example, where it's like, people end up liking the serious shit more than the jokes, because they're like, a lot of people are funny. I don't know many people who will just fucking talk about, like, painful shit, embarrassing shit, and revealing shit on stage, like the way I did three mics. Now, you know it as... All those middle mic things are AA meetings. Totally. I mean, you probably watched and was like, this is an AA share. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a fucking AA share. I'm not in AA, but, like, I've gone to Al-Anon, and, like, that's that's the same thing. So it's, like, basically an Al-Anon share in the middle of a comedy special. And, like, so it's getting – it was, like, getting people – You've heard shit in meetings that you'll never. For, that's as good as any movie or TV show or, oh, yeah. or writing or like. So you know how uh, affecting and and poetic people can be just being honest. It's like it's, and this is another thing that Dave said when he was nineteen. There's nothing more arresting than some seeing someone be themselves in public. It's Because so it's true. so hard to do, and it's so hard to get your body and mind in a place where you can do it where you just can do it you just are yourself in public it's so
0: it's so compelling and like so many of the stand-ups you've talked about from bill burr to you know someone like Chappelle, like and Chappelle's always been this way but i feel like comedians who i love i love watching them make a turn which is the first 10 years are like bits bit heavy and then I see a light turn on for them where they realize oh the way I look at life is funny yeah and they start trusting they can be more themselves yeah and say like I'll find a funny way through this no matter what yeah and then and I think even the level up from that is to say I can even be good and not necessarily funny like I don't even need to be funny and like it's true like I wonder if the serious parts of Three Mics would have been as powerful if you didn't have the one line. No, because ten-
1: it would have been. It would have just been like, "Fuck this!" A like, one man show. About this guy, right? Like, I, this is some guy. Yes, it's just some like showbiz uh, biography. Like, I don't
0: know. But I, I agree, like I did find those, and it's similar, I mean, not similar, but like, I think that's why Jeff Ross is having so much success with his special, because it, it was, again, he said, I felt like you watch a lot of these big specials on Netflix, and there's like a separation, because it's in front of 2,500 people, and he's like, I wanted there to feel like a home interaction feel, that it's this little club, it's at the, the cellar with The one with our the friends. bumping mics one? Yeah. Yeah. And like, because it sort of redefined, and similarly with three mics, you said, I can't to what everyone else is yeah, doing? Yeah, it's
1: just not going to make a difference. It's yes. like there's too much content. Like I said on Twitter the other day, like at this point, in there's so much television, there's so much media that it's basically a hot dog eating contest. Mm. For the, for the audience, and we are hot dogs. Yes. So, like, all you can hope to do is just be have them regurgitate Like, you just have them, maybe they throw it up a little bit. That's all you can hope for is just a little bit of fucking uh, what my Jewish friends call oh, Um
0: Somebody, a buddy of mine the other day was like, I just sold a show. I was like, to who? He's like, Walmart. I'm like, what? Yeah.
1: Why? Fuck it. Why? Like, my two things are like, Why? <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Like, no one. You see, I'm never going to watch that. Yes. I don't even have the time (laughs) to, I couldn't if I loved it, I couldn't (laughs) find the time to watch it. I'm already behind. Yeah. Like, on the thing. So, that's the other thing is, like, stand up is the, someone's like, why don't you write a book? It's like, because I already did it in a, why make it a more inconvenient form? Mm. I already gave it to you in Liquid form, why like, yeah, but do you have it in powder? no, no. I mean, I could make it in powder form, we but could like freebase it, yeah, maybe. I already gave it to you in the best possible, yeah way, um what were your drugs that you did?
0: Uh, I was on everything but skates every everything, all things
1: I've seen cocaine maybe six times, yeah, like I never see cocaine
0: well, and it's also because you're not seeking it out like at eleven years or eleven years sober i can't believe people do drugs i've just become such a square yeah that they'll be like oh that guy was fucked up at the party i'm like barry where
1: like how did well yeah like yeah. how did he do it
0: i i mean i even was judgmental to my buddy jason the other day he was like 46 who like still does coke every now and then i'm like really like yeah. you're fucking 46 and you're like doing a little did toot? he like
1: does he like it does I he th- like the way it makes him feel i
0: think three times a year
1: good fucking let them have fun
0: i know i'm so don't be mad because you
1: can't fucking do a little
0: i know i can't do a little or like even there's the other stuff where i contend with now of like do should i do ayahuasca and maybe be all better but every like i interviewed this guy aubrey marcus you know him and i said to him when you do ayahuasca and you have these revelatory moments are they a an insight into something you couldn't see but it's it's a it's a temporary reprieve. And then you become yourself again after a few days. And it's what you do with this new knowledge. He's like, that's exactly right. Like, it's not a vaccine.
1: Yeah. I need a vaccine. Me too. Meaning like, I,
0: I gotta be all better.
1: I have a, I also like, it's an ongoing revelatory experience Mm. life. So it's just a matter of like, how much can I implement? Like another, another big like uh, just like a big like you have to do blank. It would just be like yeah. I'll see what I, I'll put it. Uh, I'll see what I can do. Yeah. Like it, I don't think I'd walk away, and like you cab driver. I've decided like I'm not. I don't think I'd be transformed because I've tried like uh, iboga, which is like a kind of ayahuasca cousin. Okay. And uh, Does it
0: have like DMT in it or any of it's that stuff? Got, I
1: don't know. It's just crazy. It's like you know, throwing up, and you're. It's a twenty four hour thing. And, Yikes! Um, and uh, it was fine. It was like very intense shrooms, and like, but I wouldn't even say better than shrooms.
0: And did anything come out of it? No. Yeah.
1: No, nothing. The- I mean, it was like it. It like uh, exaggerated my point of view. In the, like, the hallucinations were an exaggerated, it was my outlook, but just, like, like my sort of bleak outlook for humanity, but just, like, kind of rendered in visuals, in, like, video in my mind.
0: When, can you pinpoint a moment when, I want to say, like, when you realized that you had depression or when you just felt different?
1: Uh probably like different i've always felt different like like cuz i think i was funny when i was like 6 mm. and uh like funny to adults
0: was that born out of your family dynamic yeah
1: it was i'm the youngest of 10 so it was like what's that like uh it's like uh it's like growing up in like a like the monkey house <laughs> at the zoo it's like <laughs> It's like an orphanage but you're not orphans if that makes sense. Like yeah. there's so many people that it's like it's like a rooming house or something from like the 40s. Um, so uh, yeah, like I always felt a little different and it's I think what I was aware of from a young age is is how isolated an experience being a person is it's a fucking isolating experience. Like it's isolated. Like I can never know what you're, I get a close, but like not exactly. Mm. Like, so I was always kind of aware of that. And, uh, and the depression thing, I was just always kind of sad. Um, And uh, I didn't like, it wasn't depression. It was like sad to like angry. And then it was just like, kind of a cool bad attitude like he's sarcastic or he's acerbic or whatever words they would use but it was basically just depression
0: and yeah it was funny like the the best way i could what's going on buddy we're actually sharing the podcast with neil's adorable dog um i remember the best way i could describe it was i felt as though i wasn't i didn't have enough armor to deal with life like when they you were born, they gave you a suit of armor and mine was just missing pieces. And that I just wasn't equipped with the same manual that it seemed as though other people were given at adolescence of like this is how to get by this is how to not be wounded by people yeah this is how to not contemplate the fucking abyss and your purpose in life and this is it and i just felt like i was at a deficit at every turn so i was always like either trying to make myself more attractive by being funny or charming or these things it was it was all coping mechanism yeah
1: i mean it's mostly a coping mechanism most i mean like the the i remember the first day of like I guess it was kindergarten and I remember looking you get like airdropped into behind enemy lines like it's you go from like only really knowing your family to and occasionally like a play date with like the I don't even but again I don't even think I had play dates because I had all like, your life was yeah play nine yeah. older brother and sisters, so like there was plenty to do uh, being dr- and then just being airdropped behind enemy lines. And I remember thinking, boy, these pe- these motherfuckers have big personalities. Like, I'm used to, like, my family and everyone giving me the benefit of the doubt, more or less. Like, my brother and sister's all being kind. And then these these, like, pitiless six, seven, eight-year-olds.
0: Oh, fuck yeah.
1: And it's like, boy, oh, boy. This is fucking, like... I remember a dude doing... Making a Star Trek reference and going, like, I don't fucking watch Star Trek. Like, yeah. like what am I? What? Who? Being yeah, like, up? yeah, no, for real. I was like, I gotta get up to speed or something. Like, I was just immediately like, like, talking about hitting the ground running. Mm. No socialization other than your family to no one from your family. And, and then you're just like, oh, I guess from school now. Yeah. Like I guess this is the new. It's like now I'm in the world. No, they don't say like there. I don't remember being prepped for school. Do you know what I mean? Like, not and at then all. when you go to school, we're not going to be there, but they'll be there. And the and not like it would have made a difference, but it's just it's no one ever goes. Like this is all very uh, foreign, shocking, sh- scary. It's scary. Like it's it's boy. It's it is what you said, but it's also like. It's shocking. It's, it's like being, shockingly different.
0: It's like being dropped off at boot camp. Yes. I remember being a kid, like literally a memory in like, I don't know, kindergarten or first grade and seeing a kid crying on the first day of school and like, and just saying to me, saying to myself, don't be that fucking kid. Yeah. Don't be that fucking kid who's scared. Like, just like suck it up. And yeah. t- you know, like that kid's going to have a tough time. And, but similarly to you, I remember I'm a only child, single mom, never knew my pops. So did you do the thing where you try to find him? He died. He passed away. Okay. And so I, he was older. He was like died in his eighties. So I've got a fucked up. I mean, it's, it's peculiar. My mom was 42. My dad was 62. They were like business associates. So they'd have dinner like twice a year and like catch up, give each other business. And then basically one night they had a fling. He said he was separated from his wife. He had three kids and uh, my mom got pregnant and was like, I'm, keeping it. I always want to have a kid. You can be in his life or not. He was like, or not. And he went on and lived his life with his whole family. And my mom, you know, my mom's 75 and my dad died like at, you know, 87. So I never got that full circle thing, but like, it's funny because I just had a son three weeks ago. Oh, you did. Congrats, yeah. man. Thank you.
1: Glad that you're out. You're back podcasting. Yeah. Thank God. The important <laughs> Sorry, Max. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I got to do these ads, Max. These, these uh, mattresses aren't going to sell themselves. Yeah, it's you. Fo- <laughs> the offer code.
0: Yeah. Um. You, Squarespace is paying for my Pampers. Yeah. And, but what's funny is like, I had this kid and it was definitely a full circle moment where like three weeks in, I'm already like, how could I fucking leave you?
1: I know. Well, that's what I thought when you said that your dad was like, or else, it's like, or whatever, the, the ladder. Yeah. Like knowing so he had kids
0: and that was very clear when someone once said to me very cool i told them that story and they said oh well majority rules i was like yeah like he had three kids they were grown and a wife that i think he just cheated on i don't think they were separated and he just was like am i gonna
1: Uh, it would have fucked his life up
0: it would have really fucked his life up and that's why now why fuck his life up when he can
1: fuck yours up
0: exactly (laughs) totally and that's why i don't go see they're like do you want to meet your siblings it's funny only people that had a dad are fascinated with why i won't yeah but people that don't totally get it and i go no i'm not i don't look for my siblings because a i'm fucking busy yeah i know enough people and like secondly i don't need to fuck up their dad like he's gone
1: yeah that would be like a. that would be a significant blow yeah Oh yeah. They but they're probably fifty. Your your fifties, yeah. Your dear brothers and sisters.
0: Like my my niece. Sweet
1: dear brothers and sisters. Yeah, yeah, you got I mean, yeah, you're fucking up you're ruining their kids' lives by not letting them know that, that uh Josh is uh, their fucking I'm telling uncle, you. But yeah, whatever. But no, that's but no, fine. I need more it, fi- look, it happens, kids. How do you think I felt? I need uh,
0: siblings asking me for Chappelle tickets? Yeah, gonna-
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um yeah, the uh the that's a funny thing about did you feel your brain transform when you saw the baby did you have that moment
0: mm, as far just in general or playing like in my I dad? just
1: know like there are people that have really profound moments with kids coming out and I don't want to shame you into going like you didn't have one I just have heard people have like they're like fucking whoa all right like this is different like my life's really different now
0: I had a I had an in-between moment which was not how a lot of men feel where it takes like months for them to actually like smile at you and become interactive to feel the connection. Yeah. And I didn't have that like revelatory moment. What I had was it felt as though there was a door in me that I didn't know was there. And then the second he popped out, someone opened the door and like gave me keys to a city that I didn't know was there. So it wasn't a learned love.
1: You know who said that was like exactly like Jerry Seinfeld said, it opens a part of your brain you don't even know exists. Yes. That's his exact words. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I want to say like, what's that part of the brain? But, um, and are you married or you're with a, you're married. with a, oh, you are great. Yeah. Um is she sober i'm assuming
0: no oh great irish catholic great one of four sort of like the antithesis of my experience growing up but has a totally healthy relationship with alcohol yeah we'll drink half a margarita and it'll frustrate me i'm like yeah but but there's a whole margarita here
1: yeah like if you drink the
0: rest you'll feel better (laughs) and she's like no i just wanted the taste i'm like Who's interested in the well, taste?
1: What, the taste. The taste. Yeah.
0: I drink <laughs> yeah. for effect.
1: And did you, when did you get married?
0: I got married uh, last year and we've been together for like seven years. And it was like this beautiful balance because she comes from this, her dad was a quarterback for the Jets in the 80s. What's so, his name? Ken O'Brien. Yeah. So they're, you know, part of this big sports family. So she
1: was, so. He's an athlete. He marries a hot lady. They have a hot daughter. Exactly, there you go.
0: three hot daughters. Great. Just saying, and uh, and a very good-looking son, Kelly. Shout out. I'll have you know. <laughs> yes, and but they're like, you know, they're you know, they're not. Every family has its dysfunction, yeah. but they're pretty fucking perfect. Like they're yeah. just nice salt to the earth people who've, like, embraced this hot-blooded Jew son-in-law, and it's very much everything I never had. So, How does
1: the hot-bloodedness uh, manifest itself?
0: <laughs> the hot-blooded Ju- Judaism? Yeah. I'm not quite sure, but I do love saying d- it. Do you, are you it. consider
1: yourself a hot-blooded – like, are you hot-headed or are well, you temperamental or you are just emotional?
0: I guess I'm just specific. Not anymore, but it's governed by the fact of, like, 10 years of, like, deep work, sobriety, like, 12-step – 16 years of therapy and just like, yeah, man, it took a lot of fucking work to, to be palatable for people and to like walk on this fucking rock without accruing so much wreckage that would come to bite me in the ass. And what are you, why
1: did you do a podcast? If, if you don't mind. like meaning what yeah. are you getting at? Like, what is the, what are you, what are you trying to get at? I If you know what I mean?
0: I say that, of all the things that I do, this is the closest thing that I would consider doing for free, even though I probably wouldn't do it for free. Yeah, um, yeah because I could have reached out to you for lunch yeah, and maybe you would have been into it, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe you would have thought like, what does he want? Like, right. so, but I love this. First of all, I'm a massive fan of the medium. Like I listened to so much yeah. pot and the ability in which to do this and there's some weird sort of mutually beneficial thing. So people are more prone to doing it. It's also a weird
1: thing where it's kind of like the Howard Stern effect where people felt like when they went on Howard Stern, they needed to confess to stuff. Yeah. It's a weird thing like where they felt like, well, I have to pay in. Yes. Like I have to pay my membership fee in order to listen to somebody else's fucked up confession. I need to confess. And then in podcasts, there's almost like
0: an arms race of confession. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I just feel like it allows me to have this. And then also, I got really big on social media over the last five years, sort of unintentionally. And I started making a majority of my income from it. And having been in the business since I was 10.
1: Doing Instagram or doing Twitter?
0: Instagram, YouTube. So oh, So yeah. I'll do like massive Bank of America campaigns. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: That you And you make them yourself? Yeah. Great.
0: So I did like eight commercials for them on Instagram last year. And what's great is... I spent so many years being at the mercy of the business. Yeah. And the one thing that I always was jealous of stand-ups writers creators is that like at least you could say, well I don't have a job, but maybe I can create one. Yeah. But as an actor, you never could. No. You're yeah. totally fucking at the mercy. And so yeah. I wonder, acting's
1: a horrible job. It's a it's, horrible way to make a living. It's kind of no way to make a living. Like there's no one can do it. Yeah. Like I mean the amount of people that can make a living acting that aren't racked with constant stress. It's like almost not worth it. Yes. And you're successful and you're saying, yes, it's almost not worth it. Cause you have friends that are less successful and friends that are more successful. And it's like, no one's resting easy. No. Uh, so yeah, whenever someone's like, I'm moving out to be an actor. I'm like, do something else also. Cause the idea that you're, self esteem's tied up in it and more than self esteem your food your food and clothing it's just a bad cuz i've i'm on the other side a lot of the time and i know how how random the decision making is and it's like you don't want to trust me you don't want to rely on this
0: will you speak to that like the randomness because i
1: they will say someone will say i'll go maybe we should use josh right and like i didn't like his mustache yeah, and then I'll go. Well, he can shave his mustache. Oh, he's not. Gonna, we're not going to make him come back in to shave his mustache. Let's just go with the, this person. And everyone goes, oh, fuck it." Okay. Yeah. And meanwhile, you don't know. All you hear is you didn't get it. But exactly but right. It's the so haphazard in terms of how the conclusion is reached that it would make you insane. It's like when people bet on sports. I'm like I know a couple athletes, and they tell me about their teammates. Don't bet on sports, right? Do not bet on sports, like
0: because they're out at the club. They're fucking. just like it's way. It's I'd say it's way
1: too human. It's more human than than that. Yeah, it's so beyond human. It's human twenty year olds with money. It's like you don't want to count on these guys. Bad news. Like it's not. It's. They're they can it's just it's very anything can happen. It's not like they worked hard in the office, it's like dude, that's part of it, but it's mostly like mood, um, hangover, uh, uh vendettas against someone. It's it's so personal, and uh, and oftentimes there's a variable like hangover or. or anger uh, you know uh beef with some i mean just dumb shit that like don't bet a thousand dollars on that
0: yeah i i also i don't know if you've experienced this but i know it's amongst actors i hate this when you run into another actor and it's like what do you got going what's going I, on
1: i have a thing where i've i've never done it but i want it when i go to parties i want to bring a tape measure and just go just measure me man yeah. Just you want this you're just trying to compare yourself to me exactly in right. some way. I never ask people what they're working on. I just say like, how's your life? How's your inner life? Cuz I cuz I don't what you're working on, especially in the age of I'm doing a show for Walmart is <laughs> yeah. nothing. It's nothing. The only thing I would say about your friend who's doing a show for Walmart is like, good, he'll get insurance. So now it's literally totally. you're doing a job for the same reason everybody else is doing a job fucking insurance yes not fame not do you find the um the experience of acting satisfying
0: you know the Joaquin Phoenix makes a joke actually in that doc he did with Casey Affleck and he says the magic's between action and cut like the rest is bullshit and I feel that way exactly the magic is and but there's parameters to that which is that When you have a good partner and the writing's good and you feel taken care of, which is now 0.01% of the 1%, then yeah, it's fucking magic. And like, I spent a year, the last year and a half kind of like by my own design out of work and also just as being a white guy is not super fun right now. Yeah. And like, and that's all good. But, and so I went back to acting class because I'm like, well, let's see if I'm bullshit or not. And also,
1: but that's the thing I always say, like if you like the experience of acting, go buy a play. Yeah. And fucking do it in your living room with your friend and no one has to see it. If you like what the happens to your body and your mind and your, you know what I mean? Like if you like that, you don't need to make a living from it. It's like yeah, its own thing. It's like being a, it's like I'm going to make a living working out. It's like just go work out. You don't need to, if you really want the experience of transforming yourself into this person or whatever, I find the acting the experience of acting odd. I don't know like wh- not like I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I just find everything else I do is so like when I'm doing stand up I can I like know how to think and when I'm acting I'm like what 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 am I doing right now? I, yes. I look, look to your right. Like, or I did a Tom Technical. Hardy movie. Like, it's like, I I mean, I'm in it, but I'm also, it's. I don't know how to think as... The character? Yeah, think as the character and as yourself at the same time. It's like doing a love scene where you're like, we need your arm higher. Yeah. Like, it's so, acting is so, so much more that of like, no, dude, you moved your hand and like... So you've got to be like the person and also the operator who's in charge of the hand. <laughs> right. And the body and the looks and the don't look at the like, and the eyeline and the stuff that you have to, that sometimes it is, uh, you can forget it. But I think probably because I've approached it as, from I was a writer and director first, that like I approach yeah. it like, he's going to need me. Literally, I am I did a scene with Tom Hardy, and there was a thing where, like, I hand him something, and he's got, he's had a stroke, so he can't grab it, but we didn't rehearse it. So then I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to have to, Josh, the director, is going to need a, something to cut with. So I'm literally like, I got to grab Tom's hands. Yeah. And so that Josh has a thing.
0: Yeah, to get to, the over.
1: Yeah, to, like, I just knew what he would need. And, and like, I've seen the scene and I'm good and, like, but I just don't know what. I, It's just an odd, uh, it's a weird job. It's a weird, that's all I can say about it. It's but, like,
0: like, in doing that scene with Tom Hardy and the acting you've done before that, did it feel different to be with someone like Tom who's, like, quite good? No. No? No. Interesting.
1: No, it didn't at all. Like, that's the thing. Like, felt it felt the same as. It's the same. That's what I mean. Like, it's. Most of these jobs are the same. I don't think it feels any different in acting class than it does on your biggest thing.
0: It feels better in acting class usually yeah,
1: because it's not because you don't have to worry about your hands and you don't have to worry about you have to hit your mark.
0: And you also and didn't. You have spend, a foot.
1: You, you're oh you you moved when you stand the line and I lost foot like just stuff you don't have to think about.
0: And you also didn't spend the first three hours of your day in like hair and makeup at five thirty a.m. Yeah, or talking you, to you're people. You're not mad at
1: anybody for making your call time way too fucking early. You're not, waiting around. You're
0: not, you're not you're not moping in your trailer. Breaking balls with like yeah. these people that yeah. are lovely, but you're just like I got to focus right now. Yeah. and yeah, it's it and it was funny because going back to acting class, a I was like I got. To get rid of some bad habits that i've accrued that's like unavoidable sometimes and also i was like i love this and what meant, were the bad habits uh a need in which to be likable i mean i'm shitting oh, right yeah i mean i'm shitting a lot of my my kid shit which is like so much of being a kid actor is like yeah i'll do it again just the same way boss and yeah. like but that doesn't fly when you're trying to be like a real grown-up actor. Yeah. And especially, I interviewed Vincent D'Onofrio for the podcast, and he said something to the effect of like, I really prepare. And so, if I do the first take and I feel like it was there and good, I need to understand why I'm doing it again. right? So when the director says, let's do it again, I, I, I need to understand, well, what are we trying to get that was different? Yeah. Like, Because if you give me like, yeah, well, like I feel like, you know, let's try to have a different moment of – understanding here or what have you. Yeah. He's like, cause I have to rebuild it from the bottom. Right. So for me, I would have that bad habit of like, and it's a comedian habit too, of like the, that moment felt like really in the sweet spot. So well, I'm gonna that's try gonna, to get a laugh. I'm gonna replicate it. Yeah. And in comedy, to a certain extent, there's that's unavoidable. But especially like you can do that with drama, like, oh, when I lost my breath there for a second, that felt really honest. Yeah. I'm gonna do that in the next five takes. But yeah. now it's completely yeah, fucking, yeah. you know, fake.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like I can't I not it's a merry-go-round and like, um, this time I'm gonna slap it again. It's like, no, nah, man, it's not no. It's going to look like you planned it.
0: Can you have the balls to give that up and believe that if you are present and have done the work. You might
1: get something as good.
0: Yes. A new moment will come. Yeah, And so, but I love sitting in that shitty black box theater right here in Venice doing scenes that, by the way, I would never get the chance to do. No. Yeah. And that's a big thing that the coach would talk about. She'd be like, stretch here. Like make this your fucking gym. Cause I promise you, auditioning with, you know, three pages of sides for CSI isn't gonna stretch you as an actor. Yeah. It's a gig. Right. But like do the shit here that they never let you do because in doing that you might find areas that you didn't know you had.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and to the to the thing it's like and you may not be able to do it professionally, but you did it. Yeah. You still did it. Like that's the if that's what you like if you like acting you just did it. Yeah. Like, why does it matter? I guess it's like I want to do it in a game. It's like, well, if you hit a half-court shot, it's still pretty cool to hit a half-court shot, mm. yeah. even if it's not with time running down and or whatever. Like, um, yeah. So I never know what to to look with the acting thing. It's like, it's, I don't mind it. And like I said, I don't think I'm bad at it. I'm it's just a bit like, okay, that's a, I don't know if that's what I'm born to do Mm. and not in a negative way. It's just like, I, there are things where I feel more engaged.
0: I think you also have to find the noble part of it. Like in all things, in the respect of like, if you're playing a real character in a drama, then it's worth doing the work because you're honoring someone who has had this experience and you're bringing it like, so it, it deserves honesty and reality. And in, and it might evoke emotion in the people that are watching it who might not otherwise have felt those things. And if you're doing comedy or a big action movie, well, then there's honor in that because you're giving people a reprieve from their life. Yeah. Like a form of escape. I remember I did this movie, Red Dawn, the remake of yeah. the 80s movie where I played Chris Hemsworth's brother because it was brilliant casting. And I hated the movie. I didn't hate the experience in doing it. I hated myself in it. And I felt like it just missed the mark. And I like had a lot of shame and embarrassment. Meaning you
1: didn't like, you knew from day one like i'm not doing well
0: yes it was painful and it was because and I, you
1: couldn't stop you couldn't like you had to match your performance or something
0: i didn't have any help of anyone being like don't like i was 23 and i was like new in this new body surrounded by people like chris hemsworth and i was like oh i have to be this thinking that i could be like the strapping action star leading man instead of like embracing the fact that like you're funny be funny like You're kind of an everyman. Be an everyman. You don't have to put on this bullshit bravado. So I did that throughout the movie, and I see it, and some reviewers saw it. Like It's not as bad as I thought, but it's not good. And I remember for years carrying this embarrassment about it. And I can't tell you how many fucking soldiers specifically, but like people that'll come up and be like, usually dudes who just be like, bro, I fucking love Red Dawn. Like, it's like, I throw it on, I love it. Cause I'm not that guy that watches Independence Day and like has a great ride, but they are. Yeah. And like, and that's fucking great. Yeah. And so for me in approaching these things, I have to believe like that there's, I'm doing something other than just serving myself. Right. And, and that makes, makes it worth doing the work that it requires.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and is it not, is it satisfying beyond a guy telling you, like you didn't find the experience satisfying? Yeah. And it was mostly from your own.
0: neuroses, Stupid
1: choices of like, I got to I'm gonna rebrand myself and all that <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah. Be that guy. And like, uh, oh, I fucking kill I saw a picture of myself. I looked fucking so
0: tan and shiny. Dude, I remember yeah. we did a photo shoot before the movie started and I was like, This is this is who Josh is. Yeah. This is me now. Yeah. And that was not me now. Yeah. It wasn't even remotely. And there's close. nothing
1: yeah, and it's just like, man, that's a I mean, yeah, that's just a that's life.
0: <laughs> will you I always ask writer directors this, will you talk about things being and this is for my fellow actors, being on the other side of the audition process and having people read for you. What's something that actors do when they walk in their room where you immediately go, fuck this guy?
1: Nothing. It's more vibrational than than like
0: It's energy.
1: Yeah, it's just like this is my kind of guy or it's not. Yeah. And then there, are it, it's just the basic human thing like that's there's no but there are people that like are not my kind of guy but then if they're great at the thing then fuck I don't, yeah it's just a, i just need them to i need them to be the paint <laughs> yeah for real like it's that's how like you know mali it's like yeah yeah he, that's fine i don't need to be friends with them or talk to them or anything like just come on in, do your thing. And then that's the funny thing. Like sometimes like, like I do, I'll do commercials with people where I'll be directing it and it'll be like Kobe Bryant. And like, I barely need to talk to him because he's just like, yeah, we're going to cut to you. You'll say your thing. (laughs) Like it's not even just like, all right, we're going to do another one. Like it doesn't need to be like, you know, it's like, if you can do it, you can do it. And like, um, in terms of people, yeah, there's no, no, I guess it's just like being presumptuous maybe or, mm. or.
0: I've heard like overly talkative or don't have the lines to memorized too much Well, yeah, the yeah. If
1: that's, if don't have them memorized too much or enough. Not enough. Oh yeah. That's the, but that's like, uh, you know, people have lives or they, they have to read for four things that day. It's fucking hard. It's like hard yeah. to commit two or th- four hours to a thing on spec. It's like, and get no money for it. And like, oh, well, I'm going to, it's a, a job interview doesn't take that long. A job interview, you just go, here's my resume. We'll shoot the shit for 10 minutes. And then you either get the job or you don't. Like you have to do the job a little bit. Yeah. And I have to, now having said that, I have to do the job also. I have to do the job on spec a little bit also as the director. I have to do like treatments and, and uh, meetings and stuff like that. So like I remember saying people would go like, uh, he doesn't want to read for it. And I'm like, I didn't want to meet on it. <laughs> right. Guess what? Dude, I But yet I did. The I cannot give him, as a writer, it's like, dude, I got to see that you can do it. Like I can't, I know that you have a resume I know it's embarrassing to audition, but if you've ever written something, you're not just going to, you don't want to just give it to somebody because you don't know exactly if they can do it exactly the way you think you want it. Yes. So that's, it's almost like, if you saw auditions as like doing the writer, director a favor, that's more what it is. It's like, I think may everyone that comes in, I'm. I think maybe can do it. Can you? Like, and then you do it and I'm like, you can or nah yeah sorry but it's not like fuck you it's just like that's not exactly what i wanted it's like in relationships where getting to the place of like why someone's attracted to you is it's like based on their ancestry and their <laughs> bloodline yes and the what part of the world they were Hormones. raised in and what and their parents and their parents relationship and the men they grew up it's like, has nothing to do with you. Like, if they don't want to fuck you, it's almost nothing to do with you. Just it, like, yeah, I don't know. It, my body's not reacting.
0: It's such a cornball saying, but I love it when friends, when I have friends now who are like worried about, like, what do I text? Like, what do I write back? And I say, you cannot say the wrong thing to the right person. Yeah. Like, if they're into you and you write some dumb shit, they're going to yeah, be like, like uh, yeah. <laughs> The guys, hilarious. Yeah, you know. Exactly. Conversely, if they ain't the one, you could write a sonnet, and they're not going to yeah, give and a fuck. Or,
1: or okay, so you'll get yourself one more date. Yes. But ultimately, it's they're the wrong person. But if you want to like, it's I'm sure it's a lot of guys going like, I want to sleep with her, mm. so I just need to advance it to that point, and then I got to get the fuck out of there. But until then, like it is. Yeah, it's like it's got – you also don't want to be in the thing you're not supposed to be in. Like, you don't want to be in Red Dawn. I'm exactly. sure you crushed the – or you didn't even read for it or whatever. How did you get it?
0: It was coming off – I did this movie, The Whackness. Yeah, all right, And so it came off yeah. the heels of that. Yeah, so
1: yeah. – and then, yeah, I'm sure they were getting all kinds
0: – yeah, Kumail Nanjiani's
1: going through it. I go, what, <laughs> you, so you're just doing movies? Yeah. I go – when it when I knew his movie was getting heat, I go – I this happens to happen, Samberg. Anybody who's like got heat, I go, so they're gonna start offering you shit that is not good, Mm. and you should only take things that you will be great in, and like that's the only barometer you can have. And uh, Samberg actually said this like 10 years ago, he's like, I go, and they will flatter the shit out of you. It's like, yeah, man, they're really flattering. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I bet. Like, yeah, they're fucking really flatter. You remember, like, they'll fucking flatter. People will say shit to you that you're like, "What? Ha- I'm the same person I was before you saw the whackness." So, like, why now? Do you, am I just a different? Like, they just view you differently, and it's insane. And then, and then you do Red Dawn, and then they probably were like, "Oh, uh, he's not a star." or yeah. whatever, like, they said some shit like that, and you're like, I don't I was in a, what's a, like, I starred in a movie that was w- watchable and successful, like, I think that makes me, like, the, you know, like, what defines a
0: star? Well, then, but there is that, and I'll never be that, and I don't care that there are people, I, I don't know who said it, you need to supersede the job. So, like, people like Leonardo DiCaprio have superseded the job. He's become his own thing. He could do three shit movies in a row, and he'll still be fucking DiCaprio. Yeah. Like, And some people get that far, but that's, like... That's impossible. Who
1: does that? Like, that's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. Like, that's, like, not even... That's, like... Yeah. And yeah. some people can fucking jump. Yeah, it's can like, see sounds. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, like, some people are LeBron James. Yeah, like... But no one's LeBron James. That's why he's him. Like. Right. And then you that's probably like, we thought you were a star, but and then you 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 probably beat yourself up for not becoming a leading man. And it's like, you look at your face. Mm. It has nothing to do with you. Mm. You're cute. You're not fucking wildly hot it's so true you know what i mean like it's so true but and i'm sure you fucking were like i, I no i'm a, I'm a hot i'm hot like did all the shit and <laughs> yes then just, you're like no you're cute like yeah. that's it you're not you can play certain you can play there you're in this bandwidth mm. of what you can believably play yeah and when you and i said this to to pete holmes like he used to be uh i go you either have to be fat or skinny but you can't be this because I, when I cut to you as a director, if you're fat, that means you're jolly and lazy. (laughs) If you're skinny, then you can be other shit. Like you cut to me, Neil Brennan, and I'm either uh, like a superior intellectual or a drug addict. Fair. Which has nothing to do with my person. It's my fucking bones and skin. <laughs> yeah. That I had nothing to do with. Like I can control it a little bit, but like that but we beat ourselves up for these things that we had nothing. And the minute you accept, like, oh, that's this you're cute. Yeah. So so now you can have fun being cute instead of miserable trying to be hot.
0: But do you find like, I, I, but then you start, like, I'll start comparing myself and be like, all right, well, who's not the best? Like, Tom Hanks' not great looking. Like, yeah, Tom Hanks. Or like, but you start again, making Tom, concessions. The thing I always
1: say to people is like, even Steve Buscemi's kind of good looking. Not, yes. he looks like something. You cut to Buscemi, he looks like something. Mm. Hanks came up in a time where, it was, you just had to be, like, uh, blustery and, like, can you imagine Tanks auditioning? I'm sure he was, by now standards, so fucking annoying. Think so? I'm Him and Michael Keaton just doing, like, this is good water. <laughs> okay, great. Robin Williams, this guy's coming and just being so fucking aggravating. So over. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, like, now you'd be, like, ugh. No, he's not getting a callback like enough with the bits yes um but that's that time of like that was like comedy stand-up was new and like that energy was new like bill murray was the only guy that could do it and not feel sweaty so he was doing that sort of improv tom hanks was doing like improv that wasn't like amazing in retrospect at all um and he, that's how he got over. So it's like you kind of, again, it's also like you're a, you have to, sometimes your face matches the time really well. Like there's just shit that's completely beyond your control and you can make yourself miserable about it or you can just go like, oh, I, I'm, I'll, I'd rather have a fun life um,
0: and, and not, you, you die either way. But do you think like – I wonder if someone like – like it, it seems like Dane Cook suffered from that terribly, which I wanted to be like be hilarious and cute. Don't be the hot guy because you won't ever match up right. and like it's going to seem sweaty. or. I actually sometimes – like I remember Amanda Bynes seeing it early on with her where I was like you're so brilliantly funny and you're really – cute and pretty yeah
1: like but she had to be hot and sexy and it yeah
0: I, it totally brought her down the wrong path i think yeah and people yeah.
1: but that's what people go i mean that's partially like capitalism like i gotta grow as a brand and all that shit right but like just accept it's like that thing i i did a daily show thing when the fire festival happened and i literally was like stay in your comfort zone <laughs> this idea of like i gotta get out of my comfort zone no that's <laughs> not no do not get that's I know what happens in their in your comfort zone. do that if you're a brain surgeon, be a brain surgeon. don't be like hearts right? no yeah. brains do your <laughs> thing like I don't need you to spread your way i don't need any that's all just some self help shit like I think there's there's something to not even reducing your ambition but just being i think there's a there's a too much of a premium put on like pushing yourself and And it's like, are you miserable? Yeah.
0: Stop pushing yourself. Well, yeah, that's Instagram culture too. Yeah. All those fucking mottos. Yeah. Like, no, maybe it's Working
1: hard, no days off, all that shit. It's like, Kevin Hart was on, I always look at, I know Kevin and I see how hard he works and I'm like, oh, for what? And then he was on Terry Gross and in his book, basically, his mother, in order to keep him safe- would just schedule the shit out of his day cuz they lived in a bad neighborhood and it's like if you go to clarinet then you go to basketball then you go to boy scouts then you go to this then you get and like so, and you go oh makes enti- it's imprinted on him like great yeah go with god everybody else i i i came to the, two years ago I went on vacation with my girlfriend at the time and uh she's like I've never seen you this happy and I was like I love not doing shit Really? And I finally just realized, like, I like being busy. I like working. I like creating da 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 I love not doing shit. I love it. Did- I. It makes me... I don't feel that bad. I don't feel... I remember my dad said to me one time, he's like, I'm a closet lazy person. He's like... He said about himself. Like, and I think I'm the same way.
0: And he was a doctor, right?
1: He was a lawyer. A lawyer. So, like... And work, you know, work 50 hours, whatever. Like, full-time job. Like, wasn't, like, never got caught sleeping on the job or now, then mm. he just like he would do this. and i'm the same way like I, if i have a five o'clock call i'll wake up at four and you know like i do the job but i also love uh average day for me that's like great Is like wake up at nine ten go on the internet meditate rock will call me dave will call me i'll talk to them for a bit millennial call like talk shit with fucking hilarious people around two three maybe i'll eat (laughs) then i'll uh write some jokes watch some shit and then i'll go do stand up at night it's a fucking great day and i don't and i'm not there's not cortisol rushing through my body
0: did that take did you have to cultivate that it's more about
1: being angry enough to say i like this yeah (laughs) meaning you have to be there in order to stand up to what all of society tells you you have to have like a level of anger I think to just be like, I don't give a shit. Like I've done the, it's when my friend Charlie Murphy died, like, and I was like, it doesn't matter. I just hope he had fun. Like, that's all I care. It's like he did this. He did. Sometimes his curve was great. Sometimes it was bad. Da, 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 da. It, it, all that matters is did you have fun or not? Honestly, that's all I believe. Like, did you have fun? Yes. Like, and that's the, if you really love pushing yourself and it genuinely is fun, then do it i find it fun to a point and then i just find it so stressful like i was doing a show that i was going to be in that i was writing that was picked up and i quit no way i just didn't for like Walmart. it's it one fun <laughs> yeah. for walmart it's solid it was for uh it was for ups <laughs> um, <laughs> it. it's for walgreens dominos <laughs> actually um yeah and i just was like this just isn't fun wow not fun like i don't what are you going to I think people need too much money. Like I don't, or or they think they, I mean, I get if you're working for money, I get it. If you get closer to a place where you're closer to like, I might have enough money, I don't know why you would make yourself miserable chasing money. If you have, and if you have, I said to somebody, an an infinite amount of money, but a finite amount of time. You need to value your time more than your money. Like, who gives a shit about uh, money? Like, i worked on Ellen's Netflix special. Like, I helped her. And I just said, like, get me a watch. I don't think... Is that the watch? Yeah, this is the watch. Fucking nice watch. Nice watch, yeah. Yeah. Because she, like, is big in the Rolex game. But, like... I probably would have made more money if I'd gotten it in money. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't the, but the experience of arguing with Ellen and being me and Ellen are friends now. Like I know her pretty well and she knows me pretty well. Like we are like, like she's in the book. I'm in the, her book. She's in my book. Like, if we call, we pick up. Like, we're not super close or anything, but like, like you broke we're. Through. It's, it's, that means more to me than that was time well spent and I didn't care how much money I was getting. The way you feel about this, like, mm. you, the more you can do stuff where, I, you know, I don't, I, I live well, but I'm not like, I'm not living. I'm not worried about my house. I'm not doing shit because I felt the need to get a house to keep up with people. Like, I'm thankful that I'm not uh, materialistic in that way. Like, I'm just not, like, I just have a, I don't know. It's like like
0: Mark Wahlberg opened up a Chevy dealership. And I was like, why Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Isn't it enough? Like. Yeah. Like, I don't, I get it. I also get it. Like, if you grew up poor
1: and you like never, that feeling never leaves you. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like there's a way to make the feeling leave you without opening a fucking Chevy dealership.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, well, this is not about the, this
1: is not about Chevy. This is about the feeling.
0: And I might buy a Tahoe from Wahlberg Chevrolet. It's nothing like like it. But like, Roseanne was the perfect example to me. I was like, this is a perfect example of like complete and utter um, sort of an ego that is unsatiable because... I was like, oh, so it wasn't enough that you were back and that you had the biggest fucking show on TV and all the byproducts of that would have been money and fame and prestige. At 2 a.m. in your fucking bed, you needed a fire tweet. Yeah. You needed fucking a thousand people to co-sign the fact that you're funny at 2 a.m. Yeah. Like, And it fucking ruined her. I mean, yeah. granted, there was a lot of mental illness to boot as well, but like, fuck. But
1: that's all – That's 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 all – Uh, It's a symptom of the illness. The illness is a symptom. It's like it's all this thing of like this unfillable hole. Yeah. And like, remember when they remember? I just thought of this analogy, but remember when there was a leak in the Gulf of Mexico? The BP spill. Yeah, but they just started throwing junk in it. They there was a they were and they would just throw any. They would like we're gonna throw. A thousand golf balls and see if we can clog it. And that's kind of what people do with self-esteem, where it's like, fuck it. What kind of drugs? Yeah, I'll snort it. What's that? Fame? Yeah, we'll try that. Religion? Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Exercise? Fuck it. Yeah, we're gonna throw, we're just gonna throw shit to try to make this thing stop bleeding. Yeah. And that's what most people do. And at a certain point you go, I gotta address <laughs> why it's bleeding and not because I'm never gonna fix it. Like it's not fixable. I had a weird thing where yeah, I did fix it somewhat by three mics was like the. uh, It was like I tried. It was so successful creatively and like just like people wise that it made me realize that it was irrelevant. If that makes sense. So then I stopped. I always felt like I was like looking over at like talented people or successful people going, can I can, do what's it like to do? And then I realized like, Oh, better? I'm in there also. And I just didn't realize it. And now I don't have to operate from a place of deficiency.
0: Well, like Jim Carrey said, I wish everyone's dreams would come true. So yeah. they'd realize it's not enough. And I'm yeah. like, well, I wouldn't mind having the hundred million bucks. If yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> some like, dreams,
1: not all dreams are created equal, but yeah. But,
0: but no, I, I think that's totally true. Yeah, but Then you'd
1: have to make those paintings
0: oh jesus do you so what has because you talk about in your special like trying medication and now you talk about meditation or microdosing like what has been the thing that has benefited you the most in filling that hole i mean
1: fuck man like the tms the transcranial magnetic stimulation was really like Like demonstrably helpful,
0: really. Yeah, and did you see it immediately or over time? Yeah,
1: I did, but uh, not everyone does. So I don't want to say like. I I felt like very quickly, but I also like, if I take Zoloft, I feel it like the next day.
0: And do Um, you do you like? Because I've taken Wellbutrin before, and I felt it immediately. Yeah, and. I just never took it long enough. Like, cause I, as I said, I always felt a little hazy Yeah, and then, but, it, but I'd also give it up after four days and they're like, well, if you took it for a month, you might not feel that anymore. Yeah. You'd get over the hump.
1: Yeah. Um, that helped. And like, wisdom. I know that sounds like stupid, but like having the experience of a successful thing when I'd already been successful, it's just like a different, like perspective kind of and like Charlie dying and like what and and having the maturity or or stubbornness or whatever you want to call it to admit what i like about the world admit that i don't that i love sitting on my couch and fucking around on the internet and making i instagram videos and like thinking of jokes and traveling to fucking Bangkok and doing stand-up and like just stuff that's like yeah I like that I don't like I don't like uh, when people are like you want to do another movie I'm like I don't like those people right I don't like the people that I have to meet with all I literally don't like spending time with them like they're creepy yeah they're creeps like the producers are creepy the studio people are creepy the crew people are nice they kind of resent you like the so like I don't love the experience of it like I I like commercials because they're short term and it's like very like, we'll do this. We're going to do like, but I like that. That's more like, uh, that's more like, you know, in and out.
0: But do you find that you, you're successful on a different level? Like for me, what I find like with doing this or social, I say, I do this cause I can control it. The money's great. I don't answer to anyone. I get to be around my kid and like, yeah, I could do bad horror movies or like be really hustling harder to like be getting an arc on this is us or whatever. And like, and then, yeah, maybe to you, it would look like I'm more of a working actor than I am right now.
1: Right. But that's most of what people do is a thing like, Oh, I can use this at a party for real.
0: Something to talk about. Yeah. But people, I believe a lot in large part think, Oh, like uh, that's, you know, he's settled for something. Yeah, Like, and I'm like, and
1: that it's getting comfortable enough to say like, I like I I don't like that. I don't I'm sorry. I don't I don't even think movies are that good. Yeah. Like I love documentaries, but I don't like like the these screeners. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I don't want to watch any of this shit. And even like I wanna see the Spider-Verse.
0: Excellent maybe yeah, the best I've heard movie of the year. Yeah,
1: I've heard it's great. Like and I believe it. Uh but my list of movies I wanna see is like so tiny. No green book? I didn't know. I mean, yeah, I have it. Yeah. Um, But like it's, it's, it's more, it's, it's a big part of it's tuning into what I value, what I actually, what me, Neil Brennan actually values about life and about people and riding with that instead of constantly questioning. I'd be in relationships and I'd not be happy and then I'd be like, "Yeah, but that means you're wrong because you're not mature." And you and then I was like, "Fuck it." And then I was just single for two years. And like now I have a girlfriend, but like I was happy being single. And like I w- didn't like relationships. I just didn't like them. Yeah, they didn't. Re- I didn't either. I'm. I didn't like them, and I was tired of trying to fix this thing that isn't broken. It's only broken in so far as I wasn't. um, It I wasn't naturally fulfilling a the women I was dating's needs like it was work which I think it is for all guys and I was like the work isn't worth the reward Mm. Um, and and then yeah so like I just do shit I like doing like I literally it's like what have I done last year I did a tour Netflix thing helped Ellen with her thing did a bunch of commercials helped Chris with his with tambourine like. If that's a if that's my job, killing it straight, I'm good, man. Like yeah. I'm not like I I don't feel bad about seeing because I know my friends, I have friends on sitcoms that I will never watch. Yes, and it's like yeah, I guess I don't know. I guess that's good. I don't want to spend my time. I wouldn't want to spend my time figuring out blocking. For a living room scene. I just don't want to spend my time on earth doing that. I get it. And I'm lucky because I can say I don't want to do that and not have to do it. So I know I'm lucky. um, But I'm human, so it's hard to appreciate. But <laughs> it's but, hard to appreciate anything. But, but it's but- also
0: like porn in the sense of like, you can never not have done it. Like, it's a scarlet letter in the sense of like, like what I've done, if I gave up tomorrow and was like, I, I really love real estate. People who I came into contact with because I'm like, have this Would weird... Would all
1: look at you as a failure.
0: As a failure. Yeah. Like, and I couldn't just be like, no, I, I love real estate. They'd no, like, I know.
1: I, <laughs> you'd never... You almost have... I literally, you know what I tell people right now sometimes when I feel them, I go, I'm very rich. <laughs> yeah. And I don't have to do anything. So now I just do the shit I want to do. I like, so I could, you know... I could do a TV show. I've done a TV show. You've all seen it. It was great. I, I'm i not curious about whether I could do it again. I know I can do it again. Like, I or I, not if I could do it again, but I know I can do it, right? Mm. So that's like checked off, but people do so much for that reason of how are people gonna, it's that first person experience thing I was talking about, like, how are people gonna treat me when I see them? Yeah. Honestly, it's just what it what's the look in people's eyes? Because you know, you remember the look in people's eyes from when the Whackness did it get bought at Sundance? Yeah. Yeah. So that week, oh I mean, you year. remember the the it's like the most intoxicating shit in the world. Beyond. And but it's not. it's not real. You don't deserve it. It's like, no one deserves it. No. It's this, everything's so out of proportion in LA where it's like, you're a genius or you're a piece of shit and there's no in between. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, I'm not, I'm, I'm getting to the point now where I feel like an alien. Cause I'm like, I don't share these values anymore. Like I don't like it's Oscars. I'm like Oscar season. Even like, like Chappelle was going like, Sorry, you didn't win a. You didn't get nominated for a Grammy. I was like, a Grammy. Like, why would I? I said to him, "I go, dude. My talent is my trophy. Like, I don't. I feel so grateful that I'm me and that I have my talent. That like, why would I give a fuck about a bunch of corny? Like, what? What? Like, I don't even know. It's. I'm completely divorced from it at this point in a way that I. I think is like it's ve- it's way healthier it makes me a bit of an outsider in terms of values but like i'm happy i'm good man like i got i'll be all right like but it's it's calip- it's finding out what you really value and then just going like fuck it's it's acceptance and not in the instagram way it's literally like that's your face man You're not going to be an action star. I'm sorry,
0: or I will be. I just have to be like running after the bad guy and be like, "God, I'm out of breath."
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or or ironic. Okay, fine. But no, I'm saying like like, you're, but like I'm not. Like uh, so much of it has to do with shit beyond our control, and it's not judging ourselves for somehow. Not being able to control this uncontrollable thing.
0: Yeah, not being born with the right DNA.
1: Yeah, or like you should have lost weight sooner. than you, I'm, I can imagine not all the shit weight. you've told you. Yeah, or like, yeah, man, I fucking, I'd be working if I were fatter. Like yep. I, everybody loves a fat guy. Like they, I'm sure I can, I can write your inner monologue. I can write your judgmental inner monologue, and I can also tell you, it's, you know what else was good, CB, uh, um uh c b t cognitive behavioral therapy where it's like that list of negative thinking mm. is it's like twelve or ten of them and you it's like you can't believe how spot on the thoughts are right like all or nothing thinking uh uh it was a fluke if you succeed like just you i'll show i like look it up when we're done like
0: well isn't that what's brilliant about that too when it breaks through is when you've when it's so clear that there's nothing special about the way you're thinking that you're not unique. Yeah, exactly. Like, and this that it's has been not, yet diagnosed it's just the brain.
1: It's a, it's a, it's just the brains is like meant to kick that out. And so, you have to, or if like, if you experience certain like hardship or trauma or whatever, like your brain will just start doing that. It's so, like a default.
0: So I ask everyone this on the pod as my last question, which is like the, Sort of, and I feel like you kind of just gave it in a perfect way, but I'll ask it anyway. What are the one or two or three Neil Brennan commandments, truths that you have discovered for yourself that you'd want to impart on someone else?
1: Um, f- honestly, find out what you like and who you are and, and just do that. Like, that's a big one. Um, uh, you have to do... Most of life is not glamorous and even glamorous shit is not glamorous. It's glamorous for a moment. That's why it's so like... That's why they used to sell shit because it's like, oh, well, I'll get that all the time. No, they got it. It was in a photo studio. <laughs> the light flashed. They got a look at it. Like, it's in a second. Even or like doing the... I did the Emmys with Chappelle and like it's most of what I... The thing that I... The most fun of it was hanging out with Che and Jost, because I've been friends with them forever, and talking shit. And I had to write a joke during the show for myself, like, figuring that out. And, like, like, look at your brain. Like, what does your brain keep doing? Mm. My brain likes to write jokes about gender and race and... uh, politics a little bit and like relationships yeah yeah so like my brain just keeps doing that so like and it has forever i so i figured out a way to like monetize not even monetize but just like organize my life around this thing this thing that my brain's not going to stop doing even probably if i wanted it to um and Yeah, I think just be honest about who you are. And then, you know, I had a girlfriend one time. I broke up with her and she goes, good luck finding someone to watch boring old man documentaries with. I was like, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to need luck. You're right. It's a big ask. But that's just who I am. I just like Frontline on PBS. Like, I just do. Like, I can't help it. I can act like I go to the club. and Sometimes, like, Dave will go like, hey, we're here. And I'll go for five minutes and be like, not me. See you later. Yeah. Call me when you want to talk about something for a long time.
0: Yeah. Just or had to come to make sure that this still isn't does me. not
1: work. Yes. Didn't work. Still doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't like eating, going out to lunch with people, don't go to lunch with people. If you don't like taking general meetings in LA, don't take. Like you can define your life, and as much as it's like people are, if you're in showbiz or whatever. If you do good shit, you it it makes up for everything. Mm. Woody Allen's never gone gone to the Oscars once and got nominated every. Like it doesn't just they don't. It's like well then they'll be mad. They think you don't think it. Just do good shit and a you won't care and they won't care either as long as you keep. If you're good enough, you can molest people. That's that's my big thing. If you're good enough, <laughs> oh, you take man. nothing else. Uh, no, you can like. Um, and I would also say don't be a child actor
0: yes fuck Don't. I mean
1: honestly like like, I wouldn't wish that upon the odds of making making it out of that alive are so slim and the fact that you did is a miracle oh and I'm sure you've realized that like as time goes on
0: people ask me if I would let my kid get in acting I'm like I'll do anything that I can to make sure that he doesn't
1: well yeah you just go no you can do it when you're 18 exactly but you're not doing it now yeah like why not because it's fucking, it's crazy. It's, it's a bad life for everyone. It's a bad life for the parents. It's a bad life for the kids. Like no one's, there's no benefit. But and then if you make it, then people are just disappointed that you don't look like that anymore. Mm. And they look at you like you're weird. And cause they, you, it's a before and after shot and they didn't see anything in between. You deal with that constantly. I'm think I would assume like, and three different, you've probably dealt with it twice.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I mean, especially like to, on social media, because my audience only knows Drake and Josh. Yeah. And like, I can't be the asshole. It's like, well, what about like, Blackness and Red, Red Dawn and Grandfathered? And like, and they don't give a shit. They're like, yeah, but that doesn't mean anything to me.
1: Yeah, that, I didn't watch that a million times.
0: Yeah. And, but no, I think you're right. And, I, you know, it's funny, people like, I, I act, I, people would ask my mom, like, why did you support this? And, like, what she won't say is because he was fat. But I was fat, and so I couldn't be the sad, funny kid. Or, I'm sorry, I couldn't be the sad, fat kid. Right. And so all of this was born out of a need in which to, like, gain confidence. And she said, I supported my kid because if it was Little League, I would have taken him to the field every day. And it pro- he probably wouldn't have been so fat. Or, like, if it was debate or science or whatever, like, I would And you su- wouldn't
1: have become a professional baseball player. Yeah, like... Like, you wouldn't have, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but she's like he loved this and yeah. it gave him confidence and, and he was good at it. So I supported it and I get that. But did it's, you,
1: when you look back on it, do you think of it as sucky or do you see it as mostly
0: positive? No, it's similarly with like the red dawn of it all. Like I would get annoyed sometimes as being defined by this thing that I did when I was 15. yeah. And then now to have seen sort of like, the nature of like what Drake and Josh is and how it's affected people. I'm really, really proud of it. And I see how special it is that we did this thing that really mean no one's, you know, no, no fucking shade. No one's talking about Zach and Cody or, you know, like this show has weirdly sustained itself for like it's, we've been off the air for, we stopped shooting it like 14 years ago and people yeah. still talk about it. So I think that's cool. And anyone that matters knows that I did other shit or like, right. so it's all good, but it, it took time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, it took and time. I'm, yeah. I'm sure it is like, again, the look in people's eye is a bit like that is meaningful. Mm. And that's the, the, that's one of the things with three mics is like everyone started treating me better. And then you go, well, fuck them for not treating me well in the first place. Yes. Like, I'm just going to discard the whole thing. They just disqualify. I set up a sting operation (laughs) unwittingly to see, and most people are full of shit. (laughs) To see who my real motherfuckers are. And, like, most people are full of shit, and, and, you know, so... It, yeah it's like it's life is not also the other thing i'll say is you'll you'll probably get everything you want but just not in the order you want it right that happens to me constantly where i'm like it's like i do all these things but it's like oh i thought i, I wanted it and by the time you're done wanting it you'll get it like all this stuff like like i want this i i i can't imagine and then by the time they offer it to you you're like oh, i'm good
0: I have a sober buddy who says, uh, man, God's the only one who draws straight with crooked
1: lines. (laughs) Man.
0: But I remember, like, to your point before, I remember venting to a sober buddy who's in the business, really successful writer, who was like, and I was like, man, I'm just going through such a tough career moment and, like, I'm just embarrassed. And, and, And he said, Josh, he's like, I really love you. He's like, I think highly of you. I think you're a good man. He's like, and it has so little to do with you as an actor.
1: Well, that's the, a buddy of mine got a thing, he did a pilot, didn't get picked up, and he was, like, super bummed about it. And I was like, dude, you're, you have a happy personality. You know how fucking valuable that is? Not for, not marketable, not anything. You're happy as a default. (laughs) Yeah, That's like having a fucking $4 million in the bank. Every day. Because guess what? There are a lot of people with $4 million in the bank that, are, that would trade, that would literally give you the money for that temperament. Mm. And like, so there's something to be said for just like, I don't know, you, it, we're always looking for like things to affect us. And it's like, it's not, it really is like a choice. It's all the dumb shit of like happiness, the choice. Duh, 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 duh. It really is. And it just took so fucking long. For me to realize that. But a lot of it, I think, is predicated on uh, just accepting who I actually am. I was on The Breakfast Club last week, the Charlemagne radio show. Yeah, Charlemagne And I basically said, I I, I said, like, I kind of say the N-word sometimes. And then I made a racial joke and I go, this is who I am. (laughs) And they were all like, no, like they were all laughing (laughs) because they were just like, this is who I like, I don't know. I'm not a bad guy. I just, I think in racial jokes, I literally think in racial jokes or if I'm like, I just, that's just what my brain does. And I've accepted. I don't, I'm tired of like pushing myself down into this imaginary hole that I think I have to fit into. There's no hole. There's no hole. Yes. There is no hole. That's, If you take nothing from this podcast, take this, there is no hole, and fuck Zach and Cody.
0: Mic drop. God bless. (laughs) Thank you all so much. Thanks, dude. That was it. That was Neil. How good was that, right? I talked a lot. Sorry, guys. And I felt like I just... I was like jumping on his every word. I think I just get all jazzed up, all hot and bothered when I'm thoroughly interested and entertained by someone and, and I just want to I want to spar with them. I want to I want to get on the the intellectual Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu mat and just roll a little bit. But um anyway, Neil, thank you again, man. It's such a pleasure and uh, I'm such a fan. Uh guys, have a great week. Or don't. Do it however you want. The reality is, you have no control. I mean, you do, because it's your perspective, I guess, but inevitably, if shit's going to hit the fan this week, what, are you going to stop it? What, are you going to fucking... Are you going to somehow, like, intercept it? Are you going to go full Bruce Willis and Armageddon and get in front of the asteroid? No, you're going to take it to the face, because you have so little control. And the good news is, neither do I. Most of us don't. So, if today is not your day, and this is not your fucking week try to take it like a g. And if it is your week, try not to be an asshole about it and just enjoy it and spread the wealth a little bit cuz there's someone else, I promise you, close to you who's you know, not uh, not you know, scootering down easy street like some people. Jeff, you know who you are. Anyway, guys, have a great week. Love you. Bye.